are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend, but we're back. It is Steve and Sam. Sam, how you doing? You survived MDW? I did. Went up north to have a gra- go to a graduation party uh, for my cousins. Uh, a lot of people graduated. We had like three graduate high school and one of them graduated college. So it was a long day. Yesterday, they had everything out there. I love a good Memorial Day weekend party. The food was out of this world. Uh, my cholesterol is probably <laughs> through the roof. Uh, I don't even know how I got into talking so many much details about the party, but it was a great time. My Memorial Day weekend was fantastic. I got to spend time with family. How was yours, Steve? It was good. We had good weather. Uh, you know, Saturday, Sunday was was all was all good. Plenty of plenty of beach and bar times. Uh, we took a boat out for a day. It was it was all good. We didn't I didn't, didn't catch too much baseball here, but the Yankees did work. The Yankees did exactly what we were hoping they were going to do uh, when we signed off last week. They had three more versus the Orioles. They were supposed to have four um, versus. No, I'm sorry. They had three versus the uh, the Royals, with including a rainout. And now they just finished up two with the Padres here. So they've lost twice, but they've won more than they've lost here. So plenty to go around for the Yankees uh, and an overall a strong week for them uh, this Memorial Day weekend for them too. Yeah. Uh, we left last Monday after the first win against the Orioles. Obviously a huge win. They came back from down 6-1 and ended up winning in, in nine innings with the Gary three-run homer. But they had a six-in-one road trip between two cellar dwellers in all of baseball. You know, they won the first six, and then they lost on Sunday. So that was a very solid road trip for the Yankees. I'm amazed that they got all three games in Kansas City because the, the weather was not looking good, of course, the rain out Friday. But even Sunday's game that they lost was absolutely absurd. They were down... Seven to one, and then they labor three-run homer, and then they rally for three runs in the ninth. DJ LeMay, you captain clutch with the RBI single, and then Aaron Hicks having his first real big hit. Or he had that home run against the Rays last Sunday, but he had a huge hit to keep that game going in the extras. And then the first two against the Padres. Not gonna lie, it kind of sucks that we are recording off a loss. We were talking about this last week. Yeah, <laughs> recording off a loss kind of sucks. And tonight, I don't know what the hell that first inning was. We were talking about before we came on the podcast how that all happened in like three minutes of real time. And the three-run homer included the, the Padres getting that inning started with, a, with an error and the Machado bloop RBI single. But then Hosmer just hits a freaking seed in the Monument Park in center field. But overall, pretty good. Some injury news that we'll get to, some guys on the DL and a quick return in CC's regard, and some reinforcements joining the Yankees as soon as Wednesday with Paxton regarding, uh, regarding Paxton, excuse me. So, pretty jam-packed show tonight, Steve. Yeah, yeah, and as you, as you said, it was it was a good weekend. Uh, you you got to beat the, the, the shitty teams, and that's kind of what the Yankees didn't do last year, and that definitely could have been a reason why they didn't 
get the division crown versus the the Red Sox because the Red Sox destroyed terrible teams. So the, the, for the Yankees to do what they need to get done, um, that was a big lift for, lift for them. Um, then, as you said, uh, you know tonight here on, on Tuesday, uh, rough, rough outing for Tanaka in that first inning, but then really settled down. Um, and then the Yankees used a, a makeshift bullpen of of Harvey and, and Sessa to, to get the final three innings of work, and that's going to lead into a, a fully healthy and um, you know rested bullpen for for the Red Sox, which I think is, is, is super important here. But yeah, let's, let's talk about a little bit about the, these games versus the Orioles, uh, and I think the only place to really start it off with. Oh no, we got to do the injuries. You mentioned CC and Paxton already last week. We got a nice little pass because there was no new injuries. To the, to the injury report here, but as expected, CC Sabathia, Sam, you've been calling it for weeks, needs to go on the DL to get that knee drained. Um, 10 days, could be back on Sunday already, but um, just another one added to the list here uh, of the long list of Yankee injuries this season. Yeah, and his knee cleaning last year, his first one, actually came before this one this year, so I was a little surprised. I was Pretty surprised he made it this long. Of course, he, he didn't come back until the second week of the season this year with being on the DL from, from the heart surgery. And, you know, that knee is always a concern. But CC's been solid this year for the most part. And it was just a quick knee drain. And he's going to be back very soon. He's obviously said... Uh, last week that the knee was really impacting how he was landing on on the mound when, when he was finishing his pitches and it, it didn't come as a surprise his start really wasn't the greatest against the Orioles last week so CC quick knee drain but he's going to be back and another guy coming back tomorrow is James Paxton much more important than CC yeah. I think Yes, Paxton coming back tomorrow. He's going to start the matinee against the San Diego Padres in the rubber match of that three-game series. But, Steve, I, I haven't said this yet, and this is something that we're going to get into right now, I guess. I am really concerned with these quotes I've been hearing about Paxton, that he's still feeling pain in that knee. It's that he feels pain, and then it's just a little bit of pain. It's been a lot of really, a lot of quotes that I'm just trying to pick this information out of. And I'm going to go on the record and say I'm really, really concerned. He's had injury troubles in the past, and these quotes don't have me feeling any better. Uh, No, I totally understand that. Um, It's, 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 I'm kind of 50-50 on it with with it, because... We normally don't get pure honesty from players. I mean, there's a lot of times we're saying, you know, players saying, oh, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'll be, you know, no need to go on the DL, I'm, you know, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they're gone for three or four months. So it's it's kind of nice uh, in some way to see that he is honest. He's like, hey, yeah, you know, it didn't feel great throwing it today. But, you know, I'll be back and I'll be fine eventually. But, it, so, but it's also, like you said, concerning that he's like he's not totally healthy. Um, his last bullpen session um, earlier this week, it, he sounded um, – he sounded more optimistic. He said he said he felt better than he did the last time, which is where those kind of concerning comments did come from. So I feel like he's definitely getting healthier because he's, he's, he hasn't lied to us. And if he said he felt bad again, he would have told us. So it's improvement, which is good here. 
Um, another interesting thing I thought from from his comments was he said that it was a lot to do. He thought a lot of it was kind of his landing spot on the mound at Yankee Stadium. I um, mean, he's kind of got to dig a new hole here. That the game that he left and got hurt on, it was very raining. Um, it's supposed to rain all day on, on Wednesday now too, so I, we might not even get that game with the versus the Padres in. So I'm gonna be interested to see there too because it was it was a rain sh- uh, a rain outing that he left early in before he went out in the DL and now if his first start comes back. The mound is also gonna be wet. Uh, I'm a little interesting to see what he's gonna do there. He says he's got to dig a different hole and manage it, but as you said, it's a guy with a long injury list um, over the past few years, kind of admitting that he might not be 100% fully healthy for the rest of the year. Yeah, and with it's supposed to rain all of Wednesday, and obviously how we left it, that start against the Twins over a month ago now, with the it was raining on that during that start too. I'm wondering if they have the arms. If they wake up tomorrow morning, the Yankees brass, and they maybe want to push them back today. I wonder if that's a possibility because you know you don't want to pitch in and then a rain delay, and then, and then he comes out, and he's kind yeah. of in a funk. So that's kind of in the back of my head, too. The, and the he's on a pitch weather. count of, like, only 60 pitches, too. So if you get that, you know, that could be two, three innings if he has a long inning. Yeah, and that that's why Aaron Boone was kind of uh, tinkering with the bullpen tonight, how it was kind yeah. of makeshift with Harvey and Sessa. I mean, Sessa uh, came out in the ninth with a one-run game. They didn't even use one of the big guns. And I kind, I, of understand, I kind of understand it because yesterday they pitched a bullpen game. Tomorrow, Paxton is on a pitch count. And then you have four with the Red Sox coming up. So I had no problem with the makeshift bullpen tonight being down one run. And a lot of fans did. But, hey, it, it worked. worked. And the Yankees are going to need a bullpen a lot during these next five days with Paxton on the pitch count tomorrow and four with the Red Sox. So I do have a bit of a question if the Yankees would consider pushing Paxton back to Thursday. You'd get him against the Red Sox and you'd avoid this rain. But we'll see. I know one thing. I will be tuned into Paxton start tomorrow as I do some work at home. And I'm interested to see how he pitches because – this knee, these quotes, it's been a little bit worrisome. So I'm going to be watching everything, you know, him landing. There's any weird facial expressions. And one thing you said, Steve, earlier of how he's so open and honest about these injuries, Michael Kay was applauding him for the same thing. Like, the, the, you just don't get that from players no, now. Everyone tries to hide everything. And it was – it's pretty refreshing, I think, at least. He's being honest about about his injuries, but the honesty is a, a bit frightening to me because I really don't hope he ends up on the DL again with this knee, but it's very, very worrisome. I hope he's 100% or damn near close to it. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out uh, you know, Wednesday afternoon here, and we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of like not kind of disclosing too much you know, injury news is, is more, more issues for Gian Collar Stanton. He is got removed from his rehab assignment here. It looked like he could be coming back. It looked like he could be playing in the next week or so. Um, and then he had to be removed and is now shut down for probably another, you know, five to six days with a calf injury. Now this was a calf that got hit on a simulated game. So it wasn't even during a real game. 
Um, we don't really know what happened to his shoulder. You know, he's had that bicep injury, so the bicep to the shoulder, and now the calf. Um, and the frustration is coming out a lot from fans because, you know, having a bat like staying out of the lineup is huge. Um, but it's kind of the opposite of Paxton here is when he does give interviews, he doesn't really like to talk about his injuries. He likes thinks he's, you know, he's gotten close. Um, and he had, you know, he had that long home run uh, in his first rehab game. So it's disappointing to see that, you know, we could be looking at maybe a 4th of July type um, of return for Stanton when we were hoping for a Memorial Day so it's the wrong holiday here. We'll see what happens with Stanton. Um, and then just staying with the hitters, uh, Didi. Didi was supposed to play in Scranton uh, on Tuesday night, but they got rained out. He is supposed to be in Scranton for six days uh, prior to tonight's rainout. Would have put him back on track for a June 4th um, return to the Bronx versus Toronto. That may all get pushed back because of the rain delay here, but he's supposed to play short for a half a game, DH for a full game, short for a full game. Um, and kind of go from there. So good and bad news for the lineup here. It looks like we're getting a very important bat back pretty soon in Didi. But at the same time, we're kind of restarting the clock here for, for Stanton. Um, so it's as it's been all year for the Yankees, any good news comes with a little bit of bad news with the injury report. I heard last week that it was a calf strain for Stanton. Can I? And I, and I was reading that, and I was like, what the hell is this? How do you strain your calf when you get hit with a baseball in a simulated game? I mean, I'm not, I'm no doctor or anything. But <laughs> I <even> hope not. <laughs> even people on, even just regular people on Twitter, even some you know verified reporters too, were like, "How the hell do you diagnose a calf strain when you get hit on the calf? Wouldn't that be like a contusion yeah. or something?" I don't freaking know. And the ball couldn't have been thrown that hard. I mean, I can't imagine they have fireballers throwing in these simulated yeah, games, right? Extended spring training in June here. It can't be, uh, you know, the best of the best out there. It's got to be some – yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know who it is or how it was. I would have loved to see a video of it even. But um, in the end, it, it results in at least another two-week delay on, on him here, which is, you know, we've seen some of the play from, you know, we'll get into Clint Frazier's defensive struggles here. Um, and Aaron Judge, he, Aaron Judge did hit off a tee. Uh, that was that was hinted on on Tuesday Tuesday afternoon that he hit off a tee, but he's still a long ways away here. So Stanton needs to come back. I know he fought through a lot last year with that hamstring, uh, but it is kind of concerning that you know this has kind of been the opposite, where every little ding sets him back another two weeks. Yeah, I thought they said he could be getting the rehab games this week. Uh, I saw that this weekend, but. I'm not sure they said his rehab would be pushed back a week if it's pushed back two weeks. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be a week of rehab for Stanton, at least. I mean, he had the spring training, unlike Didi, but Hicks kind of did the three in Tampa and then three in Scranton. And that seems to be the trajectory that they want Stanton to be on. So he'll be back. I'm not sure hope, when. Yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, hey. DD coming back before Stan is a big shock going heading into, you know, when we, we first were talking about these injuries. It was supposed to be a, a simple bicep strain for Stanton, miss a few weeks and come back. And for DD, we were talking, you know, end of July. Me and you mentioned a couple times that it could have been August because you just don't know with the Tommy John here. And, and DD could be, you know, DD being the next one off the DL, kind of besides, you know, these like, you know, the fake CC injuries here um, is a shock. So I think to us all. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. I thought, again, and we've both said this a few times, I thought after the All-Star break or possibly even closer to the trade deadline for Didi, I know Tommy John with position players is a lot different than pitchers, but they are pretty susceptible to some setbacks throughout the process. Uh, a guy with the Mets, a couple, I believe it was Rene Rivera. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He uh, had the, yeah, sure. to, yeah, he had the Tommy John. Uh, and he, I mean, his timetable was, you know, nine or ten months. Uh, it could have been a, a little more, too, but the setbacks are very expected. Yeah, expected with a hitter for, for Tommy John surgery. And I have no clue how the Angels are doing this with Otani. They're letting yeah. him hit, and then they're hoping to have him as a pitcher soon again while using him as a hitter. Do you see the, the brace that he wears when he gets on base? He's got this like, I, Rob Gronkowski size massive brace he puts on. They like bring it out to him when he gets on first base just so like he can't hurt it sliding like a, like, like Torres did uh, a couple years ago. And it's just funny to see him out there with this like huge little like it's almost like a massive cast on, on the field when he's running. That's crazy. I got to take note of that. Uh, yeah, but I mean they're they're re they're rehabbing him as a pitcher and, and still having him hit so. That's that's another tidbit when talking about these hitters recovering from Tommy John. But, you know, the Yankees training staff gets a lot of flack this year for injuries happening, and I'm not sure I quite buy into that. But what I can buy into is them having Didi on a trajectory where he's going to return about six weeks before I thought he was yeah. going to return, which is very, very encouraging. And he brings added depth the infield and he brings that power from that left side of the plate i mean the yankees can count on him for 25 plus homers if he's not hurt uh like he was a couple oh, years easily. ago and, and, and then i mean he forgot how to hit a baseball last may that was <laughs> yeah that was his issue and like i said he got hurt a couple of years ago in 2017 he had 25 homers missing the first month of the season with that shoulder injury in the world baseball classic i knew i was missing something there but he's going to be bringing a huge jolt to this yankees team and it's worth noting that he is in a contract year which is very very disheartening to a lot of yankees fans or all yankees fans i should say because we have this so-called baby bombers thing. I'm not sure if you can count Gregorius in there. He's 30 years old. But this is their first big young guy that came through their system. I know they got him in a trade, but he's been with the Yankees for five seasons now. And this is their first guy on that, you know, who went yeah. through that. It's a big decision. Mini, yeah who went through that mini rebuild with them, I guess you could call it that. I mean, they ended up pushing for a wild card spot in 2016, but that first guy that went through the mini rebuild with them, who is up for free agency. So I know he'll have a huge trip on his shoulder looking to get that next contract, whether it be with the Yankees or somewhere else. Yeah, it'll be, we'll, we'll talk a lot about DD um, when he comes back here um, and, the, and the whole contract situation, which is interesting because you mentioned the, the Yankees are playing really well right now. Um, so let's kick it to players who are playing for the Yankees. It's, and it's got to start with Gleyber Torres, the guy filling in for DD at shortstop. 
just is playing t-ball versus the Baltimore Orioles. Poor Orioles announcer Gary Thorne just with hysterical after hysterical uh, commentary every time Gla- uh, Glaber came up. I mean, it started off with like, don't even pitch to the guy this year. Oh, that's a home run. And then the next at bat, it was like, I can't believe you did a home run after I said don't pick. Boop, there's another home run. And it, those those clips are, are all time. But it is absolutely comical what he's doing. He's hitting over 450 versus the Orioles this year. He's got 10 of his 13 home runs versus them. He's got, you know, in his career, he's got five-plus multi-hit home run games all versus the Orioles, and he and he did damage it this week. It seemed like every single time he was at the plate, the ball was going yard, and a couple big home runs the Yankees needed versus the Orioles here. So Glabar, at 22 years old, all-star ballot came out, came out today. He is making a push hard for that second consecutive uh, all-star appearance here, and he's showing he's doing it. He's hitting the ball really well. He's made some nice plays out in the field. Um, he's still got some room to improve there. But considering the fact that he's filling in for Gregorius at at shortstop, it's, you couldn't have asked for anything better from, from from Torres. You couldn't. And the first thing I want to say is Gary Thorne is my favorite play-by-play guy Legend. in the entire MLB. Of course, I got to know him or, as well as a lot of people on the old uh, NHL games for the Xbox or whatever yes, game great call. you played. And – my favorite thing about him is the whole goodbye home run call. Now, I don't like when he does it against the Yankees, but, I mean, it just it's a thrill when he does the loud goodbye home run for an Orioles player. But I thought Glaber Torres was going to give this guy an aneurysm or a heart attack or whatever the hell you want to call it because he just – after the ball left the park in his last two home runs – and especially the last one, you just heard him cringe in the background. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a laugh. Or he, didn't, he didn't know what to say. He's an all-time play-by-play guy, and he he was speechless. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, Glaber Torres was going to be the cause of this elderly man's death. <laughs> and I, I, if he hit one more, I think I think that would have been the case. Uh, but the Yankees don't see the Orioles until August 5th again. So Gary Thorne is going to get some time to recover from Glaber absolutely, you know, demolishing the Orioles in that four-game stretch. But Torres really using all fields down in Baltimore. He hit a lot to center, left center, and even went opposite field. In he did over the wall, over that tall wall, which was really, really encouraging for me because, as a rookie, he was really hitting the all fields. But now, he hasn't done as, as much of that this year. But seeing him stay back on that pitch and send it over that right field wall, which is very high in Camden Yards, that was very, very good to see. Yeah, it was, and it was. I mean, he's played great. I mean, he he gets a little pull happy, but when you're, you know, he's on pace to hit like 35 home runs. It's it's easy to know to get when you get pull happy when you're hitting the ball that hard. I mean, the Orioles pitchers just kind of put some straight in the wheelhouse for Sam. He had that one versus it was David Hess, where it was just like a a spinning thing on a on a meatball on a platter, and he just it was you could tell like literally as soon as the he let go of the ball that that Glaber was going to destroy it. Um, and, and it looked like that all all series for, for Torres. So it was 
very encouraging to see. He's 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 going to have some more versus some other teams now, even though he would love to play the Orioles every day. Him and Gary Sanchez, I think they're combined to have 17 home runs this year versus the Orioles. So it's um, you know it's but it's, it's, those are games you have to win. You know, versus the Orioles, we struggled like I said last year. So so that's. It's stuff that needs to happen, and Torres is continuing to play well, and it'll be interesting to see how his to watch his game when DD does come back because DD's coming back. He's going to be the everyday shortstop. Maybe he gets a day off here or two just to get into rhythm here. That puts Glaber back at second uh, pretty much every day here, and then the Yankees will rotate you know, LeMayu all around, um, and you still got to play Urshela when he's playing like this too, so it'll be interesting. I think Kendris Morales – to me, is the, is the odd man out. Thanks for your service for three weeks. But I also don't want to send down uh, Estrada, who I think has played really well for the Yankees and has some some outfield uh, insurance there too. So once DD comes back here, let's see how Glaber does shifting back to second base here. And then maybe this makes um, Luke Voigt more of a permanent DH and you put DJ at first while you leave Geo at third while you wait for Stanton and Judge to come back. Yeah, I didn't think of that last option you just mentioned, having having DJ play permanent first base and having Geo at third. I'm not quite sure. If, if, if they end up going that route, then Estrada can stay. But if they keep Morales for whatever reason, I kind of want Estrada getting regular at-bats down yeah. at AAA because Didi coming back and keeping Morales would be – it, it would literally be pushing Estrada down another spot on that infield depth chart. And in regards to LeMayhew being at, at first base, I'll be the first to say that Voight's first base defense doesn't really thrill anybody. He's made some nice plays this year. He's also... It is what play. it is. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. I, I like how you said that, Steve. And I, I agree. And But with LeMayhew at first base... I'm not quite sure how they're how thrilled they are about him at first base full time. I was thinking maybe some Urshela at third, Didi at short, Torres at second, Void at first, and maybe you have LeMahieu DH a little bit. You know, LeMahieu's in his early thirties. It would be nice maybe to get LeMahieu to DH once or twice a week. I think that would be good for all parties involved. He's already dealt with some knee soreness earlier this year. He missed about a week. So I think that would be the worst idea. But if I had to be a betting man, I would guess that Morales would be the odd man out. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Estrada go down because it'll be another middle infielder coming up. And I think they they don't want Estrada that far down the depth chart right now he's at a point where he's getting some semi-regular at bats mm-hmm. and doing very very well so i'm not sure what they'll do we'll see and this is a question that is going to be posed relatively soon though i don't think the next time that we record that we are going to see Didi. That would be next Monday. Is yeah. No, we'll probably it'll probably be we'll be probably be talking about him coming back the morning after we our next episode post. So we'll have a whole another episode to go down this route of who they play in and where. But it's interesting to think about because it, it's a, the Yankees infield has been pretty solid this year. So it's we'll be seeing. I I think you know I like my idea of DJ playing first a lot more. 
but I think yours is probably going to be the more likely scenario here, you know, where he just kind of maybe even pops around, you know, he, he'll pop in at second and we'll get DD to get a DH day. He'll pop in at third and we get G will get the day off there. You know, he could pop in at first and get give Luke the day off. So we kind of see everybody, you know, this was originally his, the Yankees plan for when they signed him is, you know, let's get DJ on there 145 games in a bunch of different positions. Um, you know, what, what was the saying to them when he signed? It was like, you know, make sure you bring all your gloves with you to spring training. So we've kind of only seen him uh, most of the time at, at second base, which is where he's most comfortable, and he's a gold glove winner there, so it's not a problem. But we'll, I think we'll see even more of DJ's versatility once um, DD come, comes back there. Um, and I only, I only mentioned Estrada a little bit because he does have that 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 outfield experience here um and the Yankees are kind of looking to to shore up their their defense in the outfield because again on, on Tuesday another bad play from Clint Frazier and Clint's been spending time with Judge trying to get some help here and look I love Clint he's got 30 home run potential he's got 10 already this year in you know almost full-time regular at bats but he's a disaster out in the outfield and uh, it's going to need to be addressed here even when Stanton comes back you know, we kind of would preferred him to be in every DH to kind of keep him healthy. But while Judge is out, we're going to need Stanton to play some outfield because Clint at this point I, isn't an, an MLB fielder, which is, you know, kind of a bummer that we're, it's a couple years in and we're still talking about this. He just does not make the right reads. It seems like on almost every ball hit to him, which is which sucks. Steve, I, I hate to speculate about this because, like you said, Clint has 30 home run plus pop. And I really like that. I really love his swing, the quick wrists, and the inside fastball, launching it 370 in the left field seats. But how does his development fielding impact his future with the Yankees? Because I'm thinking of a few things right now. One, you want Judge Stanton to be the DH for the foreseeable future, have them platoon like they did last year. And two... The Yankees, in the later stages of Gary Sanchez's career, assuming he plays, he signs another contract with the Yankees, they're going to want to keep him fresh and DH him oh, yeah. twice a week. And then uh, if Stan, whether whether or not Stanton opts out or not next year, assuming He's he not. doesn't, yeah. assuming he doesn't with, uh, especially of how the contracts are going in Major League Baseball nowadays with Harper and Machado waiting all basically spring training to sign. They're going to want to DH Sanchez a little bit, too. As they should. So, oh, absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. So what I'm thinking right now, if Clint is unplayable in the outfield, which, Steve, every game there's a misplay or two. It's absurd. He doesn't get a read off the bat. It's something because today the dive that he had, you know, tonight was just he wasn't even close. And that was a one-run game. It didn't cost us. But you got to keep that ball in front of you. You can't let that roll to the wall. Yeah, and I wonder, going into this offseason, we saw it with Miguel Andujar. Apparently, there were talks of trading him, possibly. Uh, I don't know how serious they were, but if Frazier's defense does not improve, you have to think that, that something may happen in the offseason. I'm not, I'm not saying it will, but there, there may be discussions. There's already scouts viewing him yeah. there was oh, yeah. pirates there last week and from another team as well the giants so yeah the giants so going to the nl i mean there's obviously no dh unless some people think that it's coming but 
geez, like I said, there's a missed player too every single game. And I'm interested to see how the Yankees deal with this because if they ship them out for pitching to another AL team, I can't say I'd be that surprised. No, I wouldn't be at all. Um, you know, right now it's nice having him in the lineup, and I love when he does have his confidence up. You know, we're bashing his defense here, but the past, um, you know, past week or so, he's hitting the cover off the ball again. He hit a two home run game um, versus the versus the Orioles, and he hit a big home run versus the Padres the other day. So it's not like you know he is a huge, he's an asset on offense, and he's obviously you know. Uh, uh, a negative on defense here, so they have to play the balance like they do with Andujar. But then if you're looking at, for the extended future here, you're looking at having two guys who are well below defense in your lineup. And I think the Yankees very much do value defense. So, um, But then also for the trade aspect of it, it's going to, other teams know this. Other teams know that as well. So while we think, oh, we can get Clint Frazier for a great pitcher, other teams are going to be like, well, he's a DH. You know, he can't play the field as well. So his value goes down there. So we probably have to, you know, team up other players in a package for him. Um, I like a lot of the pitchers on the Indians. And I think the Yankees, you know, with the Twins playing out of their minds right now, I think the, the Indians could be sellers at the deadline here. But it kind of then hurts the Yankees there too if they were interested because someone like Clint Frazier is someone they already traded for Andrew Miller. So they already kind of know a lot about him. I'm not sure they would want to take him back. And then you, you start pulling in other prospects for the Yankees. So so Clint, as always, is a is an enigma for the Yankees since he came over here. Um, I hope he figures it out. Um, some things hopefully you can learn and learn on defense. He is he's taken ownership of it in interviews, um, in the post games. He's like, yeah, my defense kind of sucks. So I'm working on it, and we see that because it was just you know you know this morning this morning he's out there with Hicks and Judge playing balls off the wall. So hopefully we start to see it progress. But it's a huge concern. You you know when when playoff come time comes around, assuming the Yankees will be there, much like Andujar didn't play in that game versus the Red Sox. It's going to be tough to have Frazier out in the outfield every game of the playoffs if needed because of his defense. So we'll see what the what the Yankees um, are able to do there. I'll go as far as to say he's not going to see anything in the playoffs in the outfield unless his defense improves. Uh, hopefully it's going to be improving a lot, but it's that, that wouldn't be a shock. And, you know, maybe they could have him at the H and have Judge Stanton on the corners, but I, ideally you want one of Judge or Stanton at the H because there's six six. Plus. Well, Judge, I think I love. I mean, depending on Judge, how Judge comes back from injury, like Judge is a plus defender out in right field. So if he's healthy enough to play the field, I want him in right field every game. Obviously, and that's the case for the playoffs. But they were they do give Stanton, you know, one or two games a week out in right field as well. I but mean, yeah, last year they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. They're both six six plus. They're giant. They're giant human beings. I mean, we've already seen some injuries early in Aaron Judge's career. I'm not going to count the getting hit on the hand last year, but the shoulder in 2017, the oblique this year, and yep. staying with the biceps this year. I mean, these guys are enormous human beings, and I don't want to say they're fragile, but I mean, playing baseball is definitely. We haven't seen this from a lot of guys who are hitters. The Yankees probably have, you know, two of the tallest position players in all of baseball with them being, with Stanton being 6'6", six, six, Judge being 6'7". So they got to protect these guys at all costs. And if it means two of them play in the outfield in the postseason, then so be it. Because Clint Frazier, I I mean, my heart's skipping a beat every time I see a ball hit to him in left or right field. 
yeah, we'll see how they play him, you know, um, versus the Red Sox here. You know, Brett Gardner's been playing a lot better here. We haven't mentioned him. Um, but, you know, if Clint is on the team for the whole season without being traded there, he's going to get time in the outfield. And it would just hopefully it doesn't cost us um, a big game or anything like that. Um, one person not playing for the Yankees but is at Yankee Stadium the past few days is Manny Machado. So I want to talk about him a little bit. Um, he's had a, you know, he's, he's not hitting as well as people should, but he's still having a pretty strong year in his first year after signing the big deal. He's playing a lot of shortstop, um, which I kind of was surprised me a little bit there. I thought he would be more of a third baseman, but with Fernando Tatis Jr. on the, on the IL, he's back at shortstop. Lots of lots of boos, as expected, from Yankee fans here, and a lot of people calling Yankee fans dumb for booing him, even though the Yankees never gave him a contract, like, no shit the Yankees are booing him. The Yankees fans don't care that Brian Cashman is the one is probably the only reason why Manny Machado is not in pinstripes here. That's how sports are. If the guy isn't doesn't come to your team, no matter whose fault it is, whether the player or the team's fault, you're gonna get booed. Bryce Harper gets booed in every stadium he walks into. Um, you know, Manny Machado gets booed at most of the stadiums he walks into. The Yankees get booed everywhere they go here. I don't have a big issue with the Yankees booing Manny Machado every time he comes up to the plate. Um, we booed him when he was on the Orioles. Like it's it's not a big deal to me here. And and Manny, in his typical kind of dickish ways, was like, "Yeah, I don't care. I get booed. It's fine. Moving on." So it's uh, I'm fine with it all. He hasn't hurt the Yankees. Uh, the blue pit today, but he hasn't gone yard, which I kind of thought he would have a big home run. So fingers crossed he doesn't do that on Wednesday afternoon. But um, as expected here, the boo birds were out for Machado in his uh his first stint at yankee stadium after this offseason yeah and i'm in the boat with the people calling the yankee fans dumb because uh, this is silly to me like i said the yankees didn't even offer him a contract not even close i don't know if the booing is because of that or, or that he's a great player and that he has killed the yankees for so many years but i'm not sure i mean he's out in san diego right now i was watching the game tonight i couldn't see any of the game on Monday, uh, but just looking at him in that San Diego uniform, that was the first time besides a non-highlight video that I've seen him. He's weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the Padres are a couple of games over 500, and I feel like we've heard nothing about this guy whatsoever. I mean, he's totally vanished into the sunset. Uh, it's It's still weird for me to see him in that San Diego Padres uniform, you know. All the talk was that he wanted to play East. He was an East Coast guy. But the Padres at the 11th hour, which it's still bizarre to me how teams, when players are unsigned, randomly decide to start meeting with players. He signed with the Padres. He's out there now. I love Manny Machado. He's one of my favorite players. Am I still a little disappointed the Yankees didn't go after him? Yes and no. I mean, the infield options have been stellar this year, but... The booing thing to be from the Yankees fans towards Manny is just silly, in my view. But, like, it, it, it's not shocking. No one should be like, either. people were like, I can't believe they're booing Manny Machado. It's like, yes, you can. Like, it, it, it's the Bronx. Like, we, we boo a lot of people. Like, who cares? But it is Manny who do that. Luckily, he's only going to come to the Bronx, what, like every four to eight years. So is he, it's not going to be a thing. And when he does come back in four or eight years, guess what? He's going to get booed again. So that's it's... It's just how it is going to be in the Bronx, so that's fine with that. 
Um, as you said, the Padres are playing actually pretty decent baseball. I think they're still a year or two, uh, a couple years away from being relevant. But also, when you got the Dodgers out there, you're you're always a year or two away from being relevant um, in California for baseball. So, hope Manny enjoys his, his money there because it always is, is going to look weird um, to see him out there. So, the Yankees will finish up versus the Padres this afternoon for day game. And then the big four. The big four versus the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox are up at the moment. Uh, I'm looking for their score here. So that would put them at five and a half games back from the Yankees for this four-game series. So big four-game series, as we want to talk a little bit more about this than we usually do for, for the upcoming series here. Is it's huge four-game series. The Yankees do well. They win three of three of four here. You know, they're up they're up eight games or set, up seven and a half games in the Red Sox. Uh, they come in Red Sox do some work and do damage and they sweep us. And so, it, you know, they're right back in it at one and a half games out. So as expected, always a big series when the Red Sox come to town. Four games, it makes it even more important here. We're leading off with with, with Hap. Um, it looks like we got to have a bullpen day in there. We could have CC Sabathia in there. So it's going to be um, – we're going to need the bats to do work. Uh, we face Chris Sale on Thursday. And uh, right now David Price is scheduled for Sunday, but then there are, are some reports that he might not be pitching Sunday. I forgot to see where that had kind of left off. But Hap, Herman, CC, and then opener is what we're looking at here. So I'm going to be f- focusing more on we're going to need the bats because we, we're going to could give it up some runs here to this Boston team. Yeah, and they could possibly even go Tanaka on Sunday because it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It'll be yeah, Tanaka they could, could be right. Tanaka could be regular rest on Sunday. So, you know, opening with Hap isn't something I'm quite thrilled about. He's still very homer happy. The last time these two faced, uh, it was at Yankee Stadium back in April. Uh, yeah, April. And he gave up two home runs early to J.D. Martinez and Christian Vasquez. Uh, he ended up settling down after that. But these home runs, I mean, they, they take teams out of games very early. You saw tonight. You know, Eric Hosmer, a huge three-run homer in the first inning for the Padres. And the Yankees were kind of just defeated after that. And the Yankees pitchers, you mentioned the bats are going to need to show up. They're going to need the pitchers to show up as well. Herman with his worst start of the season on Sunday against the Royals. CC coming back from an injury. If Tanaka's in there, he's going to be bouncing back off a rough start. And Hap, who's had a very, very up-and-down season, as is, uh, he had a pretty strong outing against, or he had, was rolling against Kansas City, and then gave up that three-run homer. Yeah, but uh, he's going to need to really keep the ball down and, and keep the homers not flying out of the ballpark because in a four-game series, and, and if Paxton starts tomorrow, Steve. You expect the bullpen is going to need to carry some of the load for Paxton. And then if Hap gets really lit up early on Wednesday, and the Yankees have to burn bullpen pieces, uh, you know, throughout the game on Thursday, that's really going to suck for the weekend because you can't have that happen. And Jay Hap is a guy making $17 million. He's a guy the Yankees brought in, or excuse me, brought back in the offseason in hopes of really, really, being a, a 
fortifying their rotation, and he has not been that this year. So he's really going to need to get the series started on the right foot or else the Yankees could be in trouble headed into the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice to have, you know, even Paxson, you know, who pitched great versus Sale um, the first time the Yankees and Red Sox played. Um, but he'll be, he'll be, won't be on track for that there. I'm going to have Herman. Herman looked like he came back to earth a little bit in his last start here. Um, and in the, in the Kansas City game here, gave up a couple home runs before settling down a little bit there. So always the question of, well, you know, is will the Domingo Herman of last year come back and, you know, versus the Red Sox with the pressure on, you, you have to kind of feel that it, it's very possible. Um, you know, but from the Red Sox side of things too, like their their rotation and their bullpen has been pretty bad. You know, Chris Sale, um, he's looked much better than he has in the beginning of the season here, but also, you know, it has struggled. You know, you got Rodriguez, Porcello, and Price, you know, wrap, wrapping up the series. Um, in the end, it's always, it's Yankees, Red Sox. It kind of doesn't matter how each team is doing, who's pitching. We know we're going to get some tightly contested games. Um, and then, since we're at home, four games at home, you know, you, you got to look to try and get three of them here and, and you know, kind of really dishearten the Red Sox um, as we start to get into the summer here because the, the longer that they stay back, the better. And um, I, I think their bullpen is, is still trash here. And, and it, it, I'm still shocked they had kind of no interest in, Ke- uh, in Kimbrell um, all, all this time here. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. J.D. Martinez coming on big time of late. He's got five home runs in his last six games I think I saw. Um, one player we don't have to worry about, not that we have the past two years, but it looks like Dustin Pedroia's uh, illustrious career is coming to an end. So that was kind of um, interesting to see that, that interview there. I don't know if you caught any of that. Um, so he'll be gone for the Red Sox. I just want to say something about Pedroia. I know yeah. he's a Red Sox Go player, for it. but I mean, this guy is the epitome of a baseball player. And I, I know I shouldn't be saying this as Yankee fans, but – he has been one of my favorite players to watch over the years. Uh, and I hope this is the last we've seen of him because he's been a joy to watch out there. Uh, again, I know I'm a Yankees fan, but Dustin Pedroia has been a great ambassador for baseball uh, in general. And, you know, he's played his ass off every day for that team. And that that's kind of why I think injuries are being the downfall for him. But, if, if this is the end, what a career it was for him. But it, it's disheartening to see it end this way for a great player like he once was. Yeah, absolute grinder. You know, terrorized the Yankees for a little bit. It was an MVP, a contested MVP race, I will I will say that. I'm not going to bash him on the time that we have here for that MVP season. But, yeah, three world titles technically for him, so a hell of a career for, for Pedroia. Um, but the Yankees got to focus on the guys that are there. Um, got to take care of the, you know, the Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez here. Hope we can get the sale um, and kind of get into to June with a, you know, a big, you know, we'll have a big recap episode sometime after after that series here. So and it's going to come down to a lot of home runs here. So I think we'll kind of turn this into the, the home run tracker. Uh, after last week's episode, we were at 70 home runs. Um, and I said that the Yankees with the Baltimore pitching you know, really needed to do some work here. And we could be looking at 80 to 85 home runs at the time of this um, recording. Well, Sam, they have 86 home runs now. So that is a, a big, big weekend for the, the home run um, tracker this week. And an absolute bomb by Luke Voigt to take over 
the longest home run of the year, 470 feet. Um, the Yankees uh, have on pace sorry, for 258 home runs, still a little under the 267 pace they're going to need to break the record here. But looking back at last year's tracker, they are right in line from where they were last year. The bats, especially in the Bronx, heat up in in the summer here. And once we, this is this is crazy that the Yankees are even at this pace. Um, the main reason they're at this pace, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez has got 17 home runs. That is tied for the AL lead with George Springer, who's on the DL. So hopefully by tomorrow, if Gary probably get the day off. But after the Red Sox series, especially if David Price is pitching, Gary Sanchez will have the lead in uh, AL home runs here. Um, but the home runs of the week here, I think I'm just going to give the whole thing to, to Gleyber Torres, just dominating Orioles pitching. Every, everyone was just a joy and, and – you know, special hat tip again to Gary Thorne for providing all the comedy with those here. But any other dingers this week stick out for you? Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Voight dinger, and that that's my home run of the week. But uh, but a couple other ones that stuck out were the um, the Sanchez home run on Tuesday of last week. How you know he immediately got it going in the first inning. You know, a three run homer to win the game on Monday, and then a three run homer to win the game or to open the game on Tuesday instead, and it just took the life out of the Orioles. I saw Sweeney Murdy on Twitter said that he thought that home run was just as big as the Monday night home run. I'm not going to go that far, but he just said, yeah, like, right. You, you knew who was going to win the game right there. I mean, yeah, Yankees that's fans true. Always, Yankees fans always down in full force down in Baltimore. You know, they were rowdy. Uh, and then Brett Gardner's home run. On Memorial Day, gave the Yankees a 3-2 lead, which they never relinquished. And Brett Gardner's been on absolute fire. He's hitting over 450 in his last 30 or so at bats. Yeah, so good, good, good stat there. I was I was going to bring him. We didn't get to talk about Gardner that much today, but he's always got his average up to or you know just over 240. You know, this is a guy that was batting 190 all year. You have to get it up to 240 means he's gotten hot. And as you just mentioned, he's batting over 450 of late. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yes, yeah, so it's good to see him get back on track. But expecting more home runs this weekend. I hope we get to see David Price this weekend because I know Gary Sanchez. That's an automatic two home run game for him. <laughs> yeah, so that will that'll be Sunday night baseball and the first. Uh, it's kind of late in the year to be saying this, but Sunday night will be the first Yankees Sunday night baseball, which um, is kind of a rare. And a lot of people, I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of people were screaming at Buster Olney when he said, you know, Yankees, Red Sox this Sunday. And everybody was like, oh, what a shock, Yankees, Red Sox. And he was like, we haven't had the Yankees on once. Like they've had they've had the Padres, Braves on more than the Yankees. They've gotten the Cubs. Like the Reds even got a, a Sunday night game. The Yankees have not been on Sunday night until June 2nd. It, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy for ESPN. Yeah, and the Braves, I have one of my buddies texting me about this all the time. He's like, it seems like the Braves are on Sunday night every single week. They've been on and, three times already this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, June for Sunday night baseball is pretty shocking for ESPN because when the Yankees are good, baseball is thriving. And even if you're not a Yankees fan and you fail to admit that, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, June 2nd for Sunday night baseball. That's not something I thought of. Yeah, I thought maybe when I was at school, they I'd have missed the game on a Sunday night uh, due to studying or something. But yeah, first time June second. That is that's quite the stat there. 
Yeah, I mean, they're on a lot for Wednesday night and Monday night baseball, but there is always the prestige of Sunday night baseball, which is at a new start time, too. It's 7 p.m. You know, it's been, since the Yankees haven't been on here, I'll let you know it's 7 p.m. start on Sunday night baseball, not the normal 8 p.m. start. They've moved it up a year, kind of taking a page from the Yankees books with all these 635 starts they've had. So it's, it's a, it'll be a good week here. You know, it's, it's, it's a Boston week. You know, that, you know, next week when we record is mostly going to be an all Boston talk here. Hopefully it'll be a, a good update on the injury report here saying that CC and Paxton look healthy and good to go, but let's finish it up here. Let's, let's see Paxton get this, this Wednesday day uh, matinee. I think we're about 75 chances going to get rained out. Hopefully I'm wrong, but either way, we're looking to have the, everything's going to be looking forward to this, uh, to this Boston series. Um, I always with Boston. Let's take uh, split the series two of two here, or if it's three game series, you get 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 the two wins here. Um, would love to see a, a sweep and really just put an early dagger into the Red Sox. Um, but what are you looking for here with these four games? I'm looking for the Yankees to you know a repeat of the first two games against them. You know they had to come back in one of them, but I'm looking for the first series times two. I'm looking for a sweep. Sweeping but- Sam. Sweeping Sam, but obviously, like you said, three or four is the goal here for the Red Sox series. Finish at the Padres series strong, too. But I'm looking for the Yankees to get to Chris Sale, which is not something we've seen a lot from them in the last two-plus years. So I'm looking for them to maybe ring Sale out of there by the fifth or sixth inning, you know, tag him for four, five, six runs, really rough him up. And we didn't get to see the Yankees do that last year. We got to see it uh, yeah. twice, twice in 2017, I remember, they got to him. It was once at Fenway with the Tyler Austin three-run homer. And then once uh, that Sunday night game, it was Sale Submarino, where, where the Yankees absolutely ripped apart Sale in the Bronx. But the, the one thing I want to see this weekend is the Yankees really get to Sale for, for the first time in quite some time. That would be very, very encouraging. I think it's just the most important thing here is to have our starters go deeper than their starters. Um, even if we had the bullpen day here. So everybody screams at the bullpen day, which would likely be Chad Green starting it. The Yankees are 3-0 and with they have a bullpen day, which is kind of – you wouldn't expect that, especially with, with Green struggles this year here. But if the Yankees can go deeper into games with their starters and get to that Red Sox bullpen – the Yankees should win those games no matter what. The bullpen for the Red Sox compared to the Yankees is day and night. So hopefully we don't have to eat the words here and they, they pull out a bullpen out of nowhere. But that's the goal for here is, is get their starters out and get to see the bullpen. I think a lot of runs are going to be scored in these four games for both teams. Um, so it could be, you know, a race to six, seven, eight runs. You know, we might even have, you know, a race to double digits in, in, in some of these games. But get to the bullpen here and let the Yankees do the do their jobs uh, at the plate here. And then we'll come back in June looking like we got a nice um, nice lead on the Red Sox here. Tampa Bay won today, so the Yankees are currently one up uh, in first place. So always got to keep an eye on what the, uh, what the Rays are doing here. But this week is going to be all Red Sox here. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcasting. In pinstripes. Thank you for listening. As always, be sure to check out GothamSN.com for any and all New York sports updates, not just for the Yankees here, but the Mets are coming. Uh, Mets are still playing baseball there. They've gotten hot after Mike Francesa ripped them apart. Yankees, I mean, sorry, Giants and Jets added some OTAs. Um, and the NBA draft is coming up too for uh, for the Knicks. There's always something to be read on Gotham SN. Be sure to check it out. 
Sam, always a pleasure talking with you, and I uh, will check in next week. Always a pleasure, Steve. Toodles.